digital transformation can be a huge organizational undertaking that requires cultural, technological, and operational change. Companies can get lost in the process without proper guidance and a framework for implementation. Our guest for today introduces to us the Digital Business Evolution Model, a framework for implementation of a digital transformation initiative. She also discusses how digital transformation requires a cultural transformation as well as technological preparedness. We also hear some real-world success stories and advice on how organizations can start their digital transformation. Welcome to Coding Over Cocktails, a podcast by Toro Cloud. Here we talk about digital transformation, application integration, low-code application development, data management, and business process automation. Catch some expert insights as we sit down with industry leaders who share tips on how enterprises can take on the challenge of digital transformation. Take a seat, join us for a round. Here are your hosts, Kevin Montalbo and Toro Cloud CEO and founder, David Brown. Hello and welcome to episode 45 of the Coding Over Cocktails podcast. My name is Kevin Montalbo and with me from Sydney, Australia is Toro Cloud CEO and founder, David Brown. Hi, David. Hi, Kevin. Hello. And our guest for today combines over 21 years of deep cross-industry experience with the latest digital and technology solutions. She is listed as the top 10 global thought leaders in digital transformation and top 50 women in tech influencers in 2021 by The Awards magazine. Since establishing her consulting firm in 2012, she has advised many multinational companies across various industries in Europe, Asia, and Africa. She's also a teaching fellow and chairperson of the MBA Advisory Board at Durham University Business School and was recently appointed chair of the Forbes Business Council Women Executives. Ladies and gentlemen, joining us for a round of cocktails is Kamalish Lardi. Hi, Kamalish. Glad to have you on the show. Hi, Kevin. Hello, David. It's a pleasure to join you here today. All right, great. So first off, we wanted to congratulate Lardy and Partner Consulting for being the 2020 Global Corporate Excellence Award winner in the Digital Business Transformation Firm of the Year. Congratulations. Uh, can you tell us about your firm and how you started almost a decade ago? Sure. First of all, thank you for that. Um, we're really proud of that achievement. And I have to say, you know, we're a fairly small company, so um, it was nice to be recognized industry-wide for this, um, with this award. So if I start the story back um, in 2012, when we started the organization, basically I've had a long track record in consulting. I've been with companies like Accenture and Deloitte, so uh, over 21 years in business advisory and management consulting. And back then, you know, we started to see a shift in the market um, with new technologies and with new digital channels picking up. Um, fairly quickly with uh, consumers and organizations really starting to um, explore how can we use these channels, how can we engage better with um, our new customer base, the new kind of digital hybrid customers that were emerging. And what I did find back then was traditional consulting firms were not well prepared for these types of initiatives. So um, they were traditionally built as organizations that were providing larger bigger scale uh, projects for companies. They um, were not as quick to adapt and adopt to these technologies as well. And so um, being someone in that space and really being able to see the growth that was taking place, I decided to leave uh, the traditional consulting firm and start my own firm. And I was very cognizant back then that I didn't want to have another, you know, large um, consulting organization. I wanted something that was 
agile and that was different and that suited this new digitally enabled market. And so I decided to create a very small structure, core structure of the organization with a much uh, larger extended network that would be able to tap into expertise globally. And I call this uh, modular consulting, which is basically uh, a term I like to use to indicate that you have experts who can plug in and out of projects and deliver exactly what the client needs. It allows us to keep our operations very streamlined and agile. We have a small team of four people, but we're able to also um, engage on very large projects simply because we have this extended network of experts and providers. So, for example, if we wanted to uh, deliver something around artificial intelligence or blockchain or uh, augmented reality, we're able to bring in an expert for that uh, specific topic and ha have them plug into the project very quickly and deliver the expertise that's required for the organization. And what I found is the market responded very well to this. So um, organizations, even large multinational companies, which are a big part of our customer base responded fairly um, nicely to this and they were um, almost accepting or almost looking forward to this new type of engagement because it allowed them the flexibility to explore, experiment, but also allowed them uh, low budget investments or, you know, um, high quality, low budget investments into initiatives that were giving them results in the short term. And if you if you know how larger organizations work, they do tend to to be this sort of large machine that's sometimes quite difficult to maneuver and transform. And so, smaller initiatives that give us a, do, a step into the organization um, allows us to experiment and demonstrate results fairly quickly, and then expand and scale those projects further. I'd like to talk to you about some of your experience with those projects and how you've managed to transform some organisations. But before we get into that, one of the things I like about your organisation is you've actually developed a framework for digital transformation. You call it the digital business evolution model. Uh, can you run us through this model? So fairly, fairly early on, we realized that we needed some kind of structured approach, uh, particularly when we're dealing with multinational organizations. You needed to have a structured step-by-step -step approach on how we address digital transformation. Digital transformation, as it is, is a fairly large uh, space or area that we can work in. It does involve um, not just technology elements, but truly the transformation of the entire organization itself. And so we decided to develop these frameworks and methodologies that would help us accelerate the process of working with companies, helping them identify which areas to prioritize and focus for transformation, and also taking them on this evolution um, not just an, a start and a stop of a certain project as you typically would have with um, technology projects, but really having an evolution where the entire organization is transformed from one state to a future state. And so we developed the, um, the digital business evolution model to demonstrate to organizations that transformation really does involve the entire organization, top down, bottom up. It involves multiple functions. It is a journey that you take on, which you know would probably go on for a couple of years. And as you develop your journey, um, there are certain touch points or certain uh, checkpoints where you realize, you know, now we have to shift that vision a little bit more. 
because the environment that we're in today, the technology that we are working with, it evolves so quickly, transforms so quickly. And what we're seeing is almost on a daily basis, new technology breakthroughs are coming out. Um, the consumer behavior is evolving almost as rapidly as those technologies are being um, put out in the market. And so what we needed to do was to create uh, a formula or a way for companies to follow this step-by-step -step approach. Now, the evolution model has almost three core elements to it. So the way companies uh, utilize technologies or uh, utilize technologies to enable them to access the market and access their customer base. Uh, then you have almost the kind of um, the evolve element, which allows them to read your products and services and how you can um, create products and services that are suitable for this new hybrid digital physical market, as well as the integrate element, which really looks at the core of your business, the people, the technology, the processes, the operations, um, the governance and policies. How do you transform all of these elements? And companies need to address all of these things. There's, uh, you might start for example, with one element, uh, exploring an e-commerce channel or uh, engaging with customers on uh, online, on social media and things like that. But if, uh, eventually you'd need to transform every element within this evolution model to make sure the organization is able to respond and thrive within this digital uh, economy. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the model itself is shaped like a pyramid. And at, at the bottom of the uh, pyramid, you have those integrate elements such as people and culture, tools and technology and organisational structure. And then upon that, you build the enabling side of it where you're deploying products and services, getting stakeholders involved and, and, and the like. And then I guess at the top of the pyramid is the the, the fun stuff the, the, the where you're getting into creating new customer experiences, whether it be a customer journey on your website or an omni-channel experience or the like. What I'm interested in is in your experience, I guess the shiny stuff, that customer experience stuff is probably what you're attracted to when you're thinking strategically about digital transformation. But do you, do you in your experience, find that people are probably attracted to the top of the pyramid where in actual fact they may need to do some of that foundational um, stuff at the bottom of the pyramid first? Um, this is definitely the experience that we've uh, seen in the market. I think many organizations do tend to put the focus on um, initiatives that are going to provide them rapid results. So digital channels, uh, channel engagement is probably one of it, looking at how they can engage with customers on digital channels and uh, drive sales and e-commerce um, through those channels as well. Um, and we also find that companies tend to get distracted by the shiny new technology, right? So everyone's talking about artificial intelligence at the moment. Um, so having a technology solution just for the sake of having that technology solution in your company doesn't drive or doesn't bring much results or doesn't bring much value to the entire organization. So if I give you an example, um, we, we saw this accelerate over the last two years or one and a half year during covid where companies that didn't traditionally engage on e-commerce or didn't have strong um, channels to customers um, online were forced to do that over the last one and a half year, right? Because we were, um, unfortunately, due to COVID, we had a, lock a lockdown situation globally, completely unprecedented and unexpected uh, on this global business marketplace. And what companies started to do was uh, accelerate those implementations. But 
we also dealt with many companies that had to face the situation where there was a sudden influx of e-commerce sales or e-commerce engagement, online channel engagement with customers, did not have the back-end operations in their company set up to deal with those. And so what had happened was, you know, you had this massive influx on the front end and in the back end, you had bottlenecks and uh, there was still customer dissatisfaction in those situations. You might receive a sudden, you know, 300% increase in sales and your back end operations were not set up to deliver on those sales or to create the products that you, you needed to deliver as quickly as required. And we also did see this uh, grinding halt in uh, global supply chains as well. So companies needed to then start looking at alternative hyper-localized uh, supply chains that could help them deliver on this. So there was a lot of uh, transformations that happened um, and we saw a significant increase in investments in technology projects as well over the last year and a half. Um, my question to companies typically is, you know, are you investing in the right things? And yes, you've had to invest in certain things over the last year and a half to keep your business uh, continuity. But are those the right things that actually align with your overall business strategy? So now let's take a step back and look at overall alignment. Let's look at what you're trying to deliver, where you want to be in five years, taking into account some of these initiatives. How can we transform the rest of the organization now? And I think this is um, uh, probably one of the biggest barriers around digital transformation, this basic understanding for what it is. There's a lot of hype in the market today around what it could be and companies struggling to really make sense of when they need to focus, uh, where should I put my limited resources and investments, and which are the initiatives that are going to bring the greatest result and value for the organization? Well, that's getting into the practicalities of implementation. So your, your digital business, business evolution model is like a 30,000-foot view, as I see it, of the components that will form an organizational digital transformation journey. But in reality, each component is big in itself. You're talking about tools and technology and people and culture and governance and risk and new customer experiences and, and journeys. Uh, each is a significant initiative in itself. You've outlined as well a strategy approach, a digital transformation strategic approach. Uh, is So is this a, like a practical implementation guide of how you should approach digital uh, transformation initi initiatives? So um, one of the things we wanted to do with this methodology was really help accelerate transformation. As I said earlier, transformation can be, you know, um, it can take a number of years. It's a journey that an organization decides to embark on. And so we needed to create a methodology or a framework that can help accelerate that process because it's very easy to get lost in the sea of transformation. Um, so what this methodology does is it takes you through steps where the organization can really, um, in a very flexible way, depending on what industry you're in, depending on the size of your organization, the amount of investments and capabilities you have internally, uh, help you take this step-by-step -step approach towards transformation. So we really start with uh, situational analysis, and this is the starting point for most of the projects we work on, where we try to define what is the digital maturity and readiness of the, the organization, what are some of the um, external factors that are impacting the industry and the business. So things like consumer behavior, uh, competitive landscape, uh, new trends or technologies that are potentially disruptive, 
regulatory environments and so on, we really start looking at these in, uh, external factors that are going to disrupt the market that you're in. And then we take them on this journey of understanding, you know, where your organization is today into a disruptive visioning element around where do you think you should be in the next five years? And this is critical to understand as well. We're not looking at 10, uh, 15 year timeframes anymore. We're looking at three to five years because the market three to five years ago is very different from what it is today. The number of disruptive technologies that are available, the number of uh, the, the way consumers adopt technologies as well, rapidly increasing. And so um, we need to, to create a, almost a strategic planning process that's very, very different within organizations. Traditionally, you would have an organization doing a yearly strategic planning process where um, you know, you define your, your uh, objectives and KPIs, and that's trickled down through the entire organization. Today, you need to have a really dynamic process that allows executives and business leaders to really revisit those, um, those objectives and revisit the vision frequently through the year to make sure that they're still right on track, to make sure that they are aware of some of the disruptors that are being created in the market um, on a gradual basis or on a rapid basis as well. And so we take them through this process and then identify initiatives that could have the biggest impact for them, where they should start and help them prioritize these initiatives as well. So, you know, we don't want to take on too much. We take on um, a, a relevant number of things that can have an uh, impact on the business. And then we help them implement that as well. And implementation usually, usually works through um, providers or technical experts that we bring in to help build solutions for our um, clients. And so this is a really structured process. It's almost very common sense in the, in the way we've developed it, but um, it's, it's constantly surprising for us as well, how quickly companies can get lost in this process. And so helping them uh, guiding them and helping them navigate this uh, disruptive landscape is it's been proven quite helpful. We've often heard from experts uh, here on our podcast how digital transformation becomes a people problem rather than a technology challenge, which we're a technology company ourselves. So, you know, we like to, to drive technology into organisations. But it's interesting how many times we hear that Technology is going to be part of the solution, but organizational change is where uh, they find the biggest problems arise. In your experience, do you agree that a cultural shift within the organization is more difficult than the technology side of the deployments? Absolutely, David. I, I completely agree with that. And I think, you know, um, we need to take a look at the bigger picture because the people side of transformation does not just involve culture. Culture is one element of it, the organizational culture and kind of the readiness of the company to take on these changes. But there's a much bigger picture around the people side of transformation. So um, from an external perspective, uh, we look at your customers. Customers for any organization, whether it's a B2B or B2C organization, your customers drive the type of changes you need to be making in the company. And if you look at your customer base today, people are used to utilizing technology in almost every part of their life. Um, whether it's, you know, the way they consume entertainment to the way they consume uh, food, groceries, to the way they engage with one another, to the kind of work that we're doing today, you know, with uh, the significant 
increase in online collaboration and work from home um, technologies that we've seen through the COVID period. So there's been this shift in the market where consumers have adopted a wide range of technologies into their daily lives. And companies need, you know, they expect almost the same sort of engagement and um, the hyper-personalization that they're getting from all these other digital touch points. They expect that from almost every company that they deal with. They don't care whether it's a financial service institution or a retailer. They want this hyper-personalized, seamless, continuous interaction with these organizations. Um, and this is where the triggers for transformation comes because companies that are able to understand these people and their new behavior patterns, they will be the ones who will be able to drive transformation initiatives successfully in the company. And then you have the internal element of people, which is your employees, your leadership teams, um, the people executing on these projects, and they make or break transformation in any company. So really looking at uh, the, the leadership um, buy-in, the leadership ownership of these types of initiatives to say, you know, this is our vision. We're heading towards a digital, physical hybrid environment where we want to engage with our customers on these platforms. We want to create a digitally enabled organization. So to kind of uh, provide this vision and steering for the entire organization in terms of direction. And this includes the board members of any organization. If you think about a larger company that has uh, advisory boards or um, even directorships, they need to help drive these transformations as well. Are we being aggressive enough with our targets? Are we assessing the right projects? Are we taking on the right uh, technology implementation? So there's a lot of people element throughout the organization. And then you have within the um, employee base as well, people being ready to um, not just uh, implement these solutions, but use them as well. And we frequently forget the people that are in our company are also the people who are our customers. And in their personal life, they may have adopted quite a lot of technology. And then they come into the office environment and they're dealing sometimes with infrastructure that's 20, 30 years old. And there's a certain disconnect. And I think your employee base is probably your first touch point to your customers. They're the best users to test out new technologies. They're the best people to give you feedback on, are you heading in the right direction? Do these things really work for your organization? And so there, there's a lot of people element around this. And organizations tend to, what we've experienced, they, they tend to focus on um, marketing technology, for example. They tend to focus on technology implementation, focusing on the actual technology that they want to implement and not the people behind that technology. And this is where we, we feel bringing in the people side of transformation is a very, very critical element. And this is also a topic that's um, extreme, I'm extremely passionate about, and I'm writing a book on this at the moment. So oh, really excited for that to come out uh, yeah. early spring next year. Early spring next year. Great. We're looking forward to that. So the, the, the people problem is very interesting because there's, there's a couple of things you mentioned there is, uh, is, communicating the vision and I guess with a within a within a large organization you're trying to steer the Titanic and you so you're trying to move it from one direction to another and you have to communicate this new vision about how we want to operate differently but also a consequence of that is there's going to be new procedures there's going to be new technologies that everyone has to adopt and so they're going to have to change their work habits how, as a consultant going into an organization trying to help them steer the Titanic, what advice, practical advice, can you get them, give them to uh, 
advise them, look, you're going to have to communicate these initiatives down through the, the food chain and you're going to have resistance to process change. There's going to be some people like, well, why are we changing it? It's the way we've done it has always worked. Uh, and how do you overcome those barriers? I think there are a couple of great points that you've mentioned there. So when we start um, working with any organization, we tend to start top down because the first point of, uh, or the first barrier we always face is management understanding of what this is. And this gets even harder if you're working with a company that uh, is performing fairly well in the market, right? We're doing really well, why do we need to change? Uh, we've got great results, why do we need to change? Well, the, the point is that it's not about what happens today in the market, it's about what's gonna happen in two or three years time. And that shift can, can happen so quickly that your business will lose. So if we think about um, COVID as an excellent example, most organizations never could have imagined a scenario where you would have zero physical contact in your business environment. And so this shift happened in within one year, the way companies had to operate, had to transform was significant. Um, and so we start with the top the uh, top level management and help them understand what is the reason for this change, right? So it's we call it setting the scene and really helping them understand the disruptors that are coming in the market. And every organization we've worked with so far, we've been able to identify disruptors that they one didn't think of or two didn't didn't think it would be that disruptive. Um, and so we approach this in one of two ways. One is looking at inspiring them and saying, you know, there are great opportunities in the market for you to grow your business or to transform your business or to kind of access new markets as well. And the other is the fear factor around, you know, what is going to happen to your business in three to five years. Now, traditionally, um, management teams sometimes tended, especially middle management, tended not to focus so much on what's going to happen 10 years down the line because they may or may not be there in that organization. But what we've managed to see is, um, or we've managed to done with companies is really tell them, it's within your lifespan in this company that things are going to change. And how are you and your organization going to handle that? Um, and so that's been really effective. And the next stage is really um, defining the vision and helping these leadership uh, teams to really communicate that within the organization. And this really is a handholding effort where we need to guide them through how you should communicate, how, you know, the basis of this is understanding the motivation of, of employees, the motivation of the people in your company. Today, what we're finding is many, many organizations um, have people who are looking for a purpose, right? It's not so much this, if we think about um, our generation, perhaps the, the um, gen access before, where we used to think of, you know, going to work and doing our nine to five and coming home, or even the baby boomer generation before who were really focused on just having stability at work. Our current millennial and gen Zs are looking for um, purpose. They want what they're doing in their daily life to contribute to their wider values and purpose. They want to have a bigger impact in the world. And organizations need to understand that purpose and need to understand how to motivate people within that space as well. So really helping them understand transformation is happening for this reason. And this is where we see the organization. And this is how we're contributing to the bigger picture. And this is how your role in the company helps to contribute to that bigger picture as well. And I think having these sorts of communication touch points and clarity around uh, the vision of the company is going to be really important. And where we define these digital uh, um, disruptive visions and digital transformation strategies, it's very closely aligned to the business objectives as well. So 
we don't create something separate, but we create something that falls under the overall company objectives. And that is kind of easy to break down into measurable elements as well. So it gives the company a way to track how they're progressing against these measures. I'd like to talk about some um, practical uh, real-world examples, if we may, if, if, if you can share with us some stories without necessarily sharing organisational names or the like, confidentiality. Um, first of all, I'm interested to, to know, you came from a, a background at Deloitte and you've been doing this on your own uh, with your new own organisation now for 10 years. Was there a significant difference? Like, did, you, did you dive into this thinking... I've got this, I know what I'm doing, and we're going to start advising people on digital transformation and then and then get into it like, whoa, I didn't, uh, <laughs> didn't anticipate something. Or, or was it all as, all as expected? Uh, I have to be very frank, David. When I started the company, um, it was almost do or die for me. So I, did, I knew I didn't want to go back into a traditional organization. I wanted to try something on my own. And um, when I started the company, I said, you know, worst case scenario, I don't make any business, I fail miserably, and I go find another job. So this was the mindset I started with. <laughs> um, and uh, I have been overwhelmed by the positive response. So we've, we've been strong for 10 years, we've worked with some of the biggest companies across the globe. Um, and we've had really, really strong projects, we've never had to go out and search for for projects, uh, as much as we you know, as much as may, maybe other organizations, because we've had lots of word of mouth recommendations. So we've uh, filled our portfolio through that. And I think one of the things that's um, helped us to stand out is the way we work with clients. It's a, on a very human level, um, really, truly trying to understand the organization, the business, the culture, um, working very closely with people in the company. I make it very clear uh, from the onset that we are not the industry experts. The people we work with are. We bring in the methodology and we bring in uh, expertise around the technology and the transformation work. And we work very closely in partnership with the company to help drive the change. So okay. um, one specific example I can give you is with a consumer finance company that we've worked with. We started off with a three-month engagement to develop um, a digital transformation uh, strategy for them. So they were at a very low maturity in terms of digital adoption. They were in a market where um, they've got about 260,000 customers in the market and the, the customer base was perceived as very um, not digitally enabled or very uh, old school in the way they engage with the company. Um, and so when we started off with them, we were able to help them define or help them understand that the market base was shifting quickly. People were adopting technology very, very quickly. And if you put something out there that aligned with those um, trends, you will see results. And so we helped them develop uh, you know, certain initiatives to transform the organization, but also look at omni-channel engagement with customers, developing uh, an app that uh, allowed customers access to their products, which was very, very timely because then Corona hit and the company was in a position to respond fairly well to that. Um, and, you know, we saw that their market shift fairly quickly. The customer base also shift towards digital channels quickly, and they were ready for that. And so our engagement with them has now extended, uh, you know, to a two-year engagement, and it's going to extend further to a three-year engagement now. And this is what we find with uh, different companies. We start off with a small piece, and we help them understand where this is going, and we continue the engagement on with them in that direction. 
so this was a, a very big success for us. We were quite happy to engage with them. Um, another example would be uh, a credit card and loyalty program company that we worked with uh, in Europe. And they were in a declining business environment. Um, obviously, loyalty programs are not what they used to be. Um, credit cards and uh, loyalty cards are now offered almost by every retailer and every organization on their own. So they were looking for a new business environment to work in, a uh, new customer base to, to attract, basically. And so um, this was a different type of project. It wasn't something where we went in and developed something for them, but it was more of a coaching of their leadership. Um, so their leadership team, um, I think it was about 25 people were involved in the project and it was a personal coaching that I offered to them to take them through this journey of really looking at disruptors in the market, new customer segments, and they were the, the members of the leadership team were working through the, the project and developing solutions themselves. And finally, we came up with uh, four new revenue sources or business models that they could apply. And one of it was um, an e-sports credit card, uh, credit card designed specifically for e-sports and gamers. Right. And this was launched uh, in December 2019. And, you know, the management team were not very convinced because they had a certain perception of what esports was, that mm. it was this uh, young um, male person sitting in his basement playing games, which is completely not. Esports is a very professional environment. Gamers are serious about their products and services um, and they're serious about their game and so when this card was launched there was not much um, interest in it from the organization but they said they would explore and try it out and of course then corona hit at that point and um, you know esports exploded <laughs> so it was yeah. quite timely as well and um, you know not to say that we could have predicted something like uh, yeah environment could have happened but I think being prepared and being uh, explorative in this direction uh, and looking at different options of revenue different options of um, how you can utilize your organization's uh, capabilities and leverage the internal knowledge that your organization has have couple that with your uh, new technology capabilities and find new value propositions for the market and this is where we try to drive companies in that direction. I think there's a lot to be learned from success stories, but also perhaps even more so from the, the those that haven't panned out quite as expected. So, um, that let's not call them project failures, but there might there may be have, have been experiences where things were slower to to happen than you expected, or you hit stumbling blocks, or uh, have you? Can you share with us any challenges, and where do those typically lie? Is it is it back to that people problem and 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 organizational change or what where do you when something goes wrong where is it a technology issue is it a people issue is it a governance issue where does it happen um you know we faced challenges and and i like to talk about failures because i think that's where the biggest learnings come from as well mm -hmm. and it helps us uh, transform as a company and better serve our clients and so i think the biggest barriers we've seen are probably mindset and people elements so uh, one specific example was a, a retail organization that we worked with and we helped them develop uh, really a, a transformation strategy and a roadmap that would be very interesting for the organization to take on. But the person leading the organization transformation found it too overwhelming. So he buried the, the piece. And I think this was 
Um, I still believe that they'll pick it up later on once they've, you know, once there's more readiness in the organization for that. Um, but I think these are um, probably some of the biggest barriers that many organizations will face, right? You have maybe individuals who are too afraid to take things on or who don't understand or who believe, uh, who have a different mindset and believe that the traditional way organizations function are going to stay in the longer term. I truly believe that the traditional rules and assumptions around business operations has completely become invalid. We are working with a new playbook now and we need to define new strategies fairly quickly. Um, and so we, what, we're not in the business of trying to convince people to do things they don't want to do. And so I think with time and timing is really a, a core element. And with the right kind of uh, capabilities and initiatives in place, they'll find a way to kind of implement that in the future. Um, the other element is, I think, the technology piece as well. So the people process and technology, all of these elements have their challenges. The technology piece really looks at um, the current environment that the organization is working within the current technology infrastructure. So if you're working in a, an organization that has a technology infrastructure 30, 30 20 years old, um, and you're trying to implement something new like artificial intelligence for decision making, it's not going to work simply because you first need to focus on transforming your current technology infrastructure, enabling a strong data strategy. So where's your data coming from? Are they accurate and clean? Can you utilize them from different sources and combine them for the system? So there's a piece to be done uh, in implementation in between that will take the organization to readiness before new technology can be implemented. And um, I think this is this is something that I wouldn't see it as a barrier, but it is something that many companies need to uh, address fairly quickly because otherwise you get left behind. Um, you know, we've seen some companies try to implement the um, new solutions, the new business models outside of their traditional organization structure. So kind of an edge project where they leave the current infrastructure because it's too difficult to change and say, let's start an edge project a new business where we um, are starting from a digital point and, you know, it's fully advanced. The challenge there as well is it's very difficult to scale a business like that because you're not able to leverage your own traditional organization capabilities. Um, and so scalability becomes a challenge or it becomes a competition to your traditional business. Mm. Um, and so we've seen these various scenarios. And I think for every organization that we work with, the solution that you can implement is fairly different. Um, it's very customized and really looking at what's best for this company in this industry for these people. And so every every implementation that we work on is very different from the other. If, if I were a uh, CEO, CEO or top level executive in an organization listening to this and uh, pondering about organizational change and uh, buzzwords like digital transformation, where would you suggest I start? What's my starting point? The starting point is always going to be your current situation of your organization, right? So where are you? You can't, you can't define where you're going to go unless you know where you are. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the kind of most logical in simplest starting point I can uh, tell companies and business leaders to focus on. And so we have a great tool online um, that you can check out on our website. It's called the Digital Maturity Assessment Tool. It's, uh, you can do it in less than 10 minutes. It provides you, uh, you know, six dimensions of the organization and a set of questions that help you define 
where your organization is today in terms of digital maturity, and not just from a technology perspective, but really looking at organization-wide customer centricity, leadership mindset, uh, business model, and so on. Um, and it helps you um, in a very rapid way, look at where your current your company currently stands, what are the biggest gaps that exist in terms of uh, digital enablement and where you need to focus. So it gives you kind of a direction at the end of the uh, assessment where your company needs to focus. And I think the other element would be any person in uh, leadership within an organization needs to have an eye on what's going on in the market. The number of technology developments, the number of uh, or the, the way your consumer base is evolving, the number of new competitive, um, you know, competitors, digitally enabled competitors that are growing in the market. And competitors today are not just from your own industry. They could be from adjacent industries as well. Uh, so keeping an eye on these kind of uh, market uh, trends, market developments are really critical. And so that's where I would say um, companies need to focus on. And of course, you know, one of the key things that we find um, is trying to implement this within your organization. Teams in an organization tend to face um, the internal politics, they tend to face resistance, they tend to face um, their own management directives or agendas. And so bringing in an external team that can help guide this process and be maybe a little bit more provocative than an internal team could be um, to challenge leadership teams, for example, and to, to kind of navigate them and guide them through the process, that could be helpful as well. Kamal, some great advice there. Where can our uh, listeners learn more about uh, what you're writing about and your thoughts on this process? So we have a lot of this information available on our website, uh, ladipartner.com. And um, if they connect with me personally, I'm happy to also uh, engage with your listeners. And I'm one of the things that motivates me is really meeting people from different industries and different regions. So I'm really excited to engage with people one-to-one -one as well. Brilliant. And do we, do we have a publisher yet for the new book? Yes, I have a publisher. Um, it's my first contract with Wiley. So I'm really excited about that. Okay. We'll look out for that as well. Thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you, David. Thank you, Kevin. All right. That's a wrap for this episode of Coding Over Cocktails. To our listeners, what did you think of this episode? Let us know in the comment section from the podcast platform you're listening to. Also, please visit our website at www.torocloud.com for a transcript of this episode, as well as our blogs and our products. We're also on social media, Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram. Talk to us there, because we listen. Just look for Toro Cloud. On behalf of the team here at Toro Cloud, thank you very much for listening to us today. This has been Kevin Montalbo for Coding Over Cocktails. Cheers!